0: well we have a few people here in the chat room and you might be like boy it's so early well yes uh if you want to catch the greatest of guests you sometimes have to move your schedule up just a little bit and because we do in fact have a special guest I'm not going to prolong the intro too much other than to say hello to who is thermite and Cap minecrafter who are already here stopping in saying hello i hope your evening is going well so far so if you are into horror movies at all and you've heard me talk about the communities and people making movies and coming up with new products and brands and enthusiasm for horror there is probably no one that i really know who is getting involved with that and trying her hardest to dash in and carve out her own corner with horror movies and productions (laughs) for <laughs> my evening, I shouldn't even be awake yet. Well, you're awake, so I guess what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to say hello, to Lady Winners, Lady Winners. Hello, how are you tonight?
1: I'm well, thank you for having me.
0: Well, uh, while you and I are going to be talking, Cat Minecraft is going to be eating a cupcake. So, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about Buzzard View Manor and your enthusiasm and forays recently into creating some horror content? Well, what would you like to know? Well, uh, I know that you were, I think you've, did you finish one production or are you working on a second one now?
1: Oh, I've already finished my second one. It's in um, editing at the moment.
0: You could you tell us what it's about?
1: Well, it's just a short segment. Um, it's called and never play alone. Um, that was the second segment, but the first segment I did was um, midnight cinema hour and um, I'm kind of just putting all these little segments together
0: nice and have you encountered any um i would say particular difficulty um in trying to do this stuff as somebody who's kind of i'll say a new indie filmmaker um you know have you encountered any any challenges on the production side of any of this
1: well not really because when you do it yourself, you are the production,
0: you are everything to
1: wear so many different hats. Um, when you're just starting in the way I am, you're pretty much alone and you have to figure it out as you go. But I've been fortunate enough that, you know, I've made kind of connections with people who help kind of guide me, but still they're there to guide me. But like I said, you're still doing it yourself though, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have King Dinosaur sixty nine, Black Cat Poppy, who are also stopping by. Uh, and by the way, you can follow Lady Winners as Labelana underscore T on Twitter. And well, you're are you Buzzard View Manor on Instagram? What's your I can't.
1: You know what? That is so funny because I don't even really even remember it. it things are a blur. <laughs> <laughs> things are a blur. I don't even know my username. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Instagram, you can probably just find me at just pound sign, you manner. you can find me very easily on Instagram. I'm so sorry. I think it's like Lady Winters. I don't know.
0: <laughs> just look for, the, <laughs> look for the familiar icon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kaze stops in also with a hello. Kaze, how are you doing? We're talking with lady winners tonight uh lady winners also i'm curious to know so in terms of in terms of horror in general do you think there is still sort of a stigma of oh you make those sort of movies or do you think that that's matured a little bit and it's more acceptable now and not looked at as a i don't know a Euro weirdo bizarre person if you're really into that sort of thing
1: Well, I feel that there's still a mixture of a lot of that still, but I think it's more within the film industry and filmmakers. Um, I think that the audience is more open to it now. There are the people that I like to call that they like to enjoy horror behind closed doors without anyone knowing that they're fans. Um, It's just so weird to me. I, I don't understand that. Like, it's almost like, oh my gosh, we're watching a porno. It's (laughs) horror guys, you know, people like to be scared and I don't care what background or what kind of lifestyle you come from, people love horror, you know, Um, and that's just something about the genre that just pulls people in. But now to refer back to your question about uh, kind of this look down upon, I, I think that's more within filmmaking.
0: And so I'm interested both in yours and maybe also the people in chat's perspective on this, but I often wonder if there's a little bit of a, I don't know, almost like a labeling problem because I I think for example, okay, Alfred Hitchcock and a lot of it was listed as suspense, but a lot of those elements are horror elements. And do you think that like, what happens is so often that when somebody hears, Oh, it's a horror movie that it's a schlocky splatterfest sort of a thing rather than look, some very high brow intelligent, like it, it isn't a genre that you can just so easily and narrowly define like that. And I wonder why that doesn't get like why that's still around and people still don't get that.
1: Well, I think within filmmaker, like filmmakers, um, You have some people within the genre that, okay, like for example, we basically all love Jack Frost, that crazy snowman movie. (laughs) Okay. And that was a fun film. You know, it really is. Like you watch it, you crack up. It's just like a horror comedy. And so today there are people out there that are making what I call like shit films. Um, They... (sighs) I don't even know if I should be saying this, but let me kind of just say it without offending anyone. Um, So they raise a whole bunch of money and it's like, okay, well, where's your money going? Because your film looks awful and they don't really care about the art of it. And so I feel like it's people like that that kind of give indie filmmakers like a bad label. Mm. You see, because back then, like movies like Jack Frost, these these guys they cared about their film. they were having fun, but they still cared about their film.
0: Do you think there's too many people who are trying to make a movie like that on purpose? Do you think some of them are afraid maybe to try to be serious with it for fear that if it isn't quite so well done that they'll get, they'll get laughed at rather than laughed with?
1: Well, I'd rather go out trying than being a coward.
0: I mean, so would I, but I... You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's
1: like, what if you're trying so hard and you're like, I'm going to be a serious artist. And what if you make something totally funny that it's brilliant by accident? I'd right. rather, you know, give it a go around like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would rather just be earnest and just tell the story that you want to tell yes. rather than trying to... You know, Kaze comments and says, because it's hard to change minds. And I think that's also true. People get yeah. into a mindset... You know, of something like that. Oh, well, I saw oh, it's all Friday the thirteenth level stuff. Like, yeah, but it but it's not. I mean, you can have romance movies or dramas or anything. Like they're not all the same. I mean, they don't all tell the same type of story. I mean, you can have dramas that are very lighthearted and you can have dramas that are emotionally brutal. Right. Um, you know, King Dinosaur mentions Ed Wood, and I think that's sort of a perfect name to sort of bring up in terms of trying something earnest that even if it kind of goes off the rails a little bit, still can become beloved. Um, do you have any, so you bring up Jack Frost. Do you have any other movie that you can think of where, I don't want to say it's the inverse of that, but where they, they tried really hard and it turns out to be creepier and more serious than then it's production would have you believe and if that's a confusing sort of a statement I'll say for me the movie that epitomizes that is Dark Knight of the Scarecrow because it was Ah, a made was a made for TV movie (laughs) it's terrifying like it's good right yeah um so I don't know if you have any picks of anything like that that maybe maybe other people could could check out
1: well Dark Knight of the Scarecrow is one of my favorite films. Um, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, there's just something very soothing and simple. Um, Some of the best horror films are simple horror films. I mean, look at Ty West. He makes Mm. some of the most simple story. It's simple, but it's still really good, like um, House of the Devil.
0: Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there's a little bit of... I'm gonna to hesitate to say following the money, but obviously you get the sequelitis and you get things where they sort of just cut and print because it's, you know, the conjuring movies or whatever where they can just kind of you know put those out. But for for me, and and I'm also interested in your perception on this, but to me, horror and sci-fi where they sort of intermingle is that outside of science fiction, just being space lasers and robots, there's an examination of the human condition. And I feel like horror when horror is really good does the same, just with some slightly different props, if that makes any sense. Yeah.
1: I would have to agree with you. Yeah, I think so.
0: So in terms of telling, in terms of telling that sort of a story, What, what sort of message are you trying to convey in these, uh, you know, in these things that you've been producing?
1: Oh, my segments. Oh, I'm just telling stories that I like. I've always been very fascinated with the supernatural. It's very obvious. I always say that spiritual horror is my favorite. Um, You know, some people, you know, just they're like, Oh, whatever. You know, that stuff is boring. But to me, you know, I'm one of those kids that I grew up watching Vincent Price and stuff like that. And so I don't know. It's, it's really hard to just put into words exactly what I'm doing. I'm doing I'm trying to do the stuff that I loved when I was growing up, but on an indie budget.
0: Do <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen um, something like uh, the movie Session Nine?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think. I think it would be, it would be interesting if they could get back towards some stories like that, rather than some of the stuff that relies just either on jump scares or everything just being flat. Oh, it's demonic. And in terms of people who are in it for the art, what do you think are some simple elements that... Or maybe missing, or or good examples of real art and craftsmanship, you know, ship in that regard. Uh, with with mo- with some newer movies, if there's anything that you know that comes to mind.
1: Something. I really enjoyed *Witch in the Window*.
0: I don't think I've seen that.
1: From Andy Mitten, yeah, it was, you know very simple um more of a slow burn but there is still a story that we're building up to
0: mm-hmm. i know it's a polarizing movie but for me the movie hereditary if you stripped out the supernatural elements from it at all there was in there was there was like a nice drama art slice of just the turmoil of a family and without spoiling the movie too much there's a sequence where the mother and the son sort of have this meltdown at a dinner table and that's one of the most shockingly stunning I think I actually sat there with my mouth open because you never see stuff like that and it's so laid bare and I'm like man that's the sort of stuff I would love to see more like, not fake uncomfortable, but, like, that's, like, real uncomfortable, right?
1: Like, family dynamic uncomfortable, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, have you, do you do know of any other movies like that recently that you've seen with with sequences like that where you're just like, ooh, that just makes you kind of want to, like, hide and crawl under your table?
1: <laughs> um, You know, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> you're asking, like, on-the-spot questions, and I'm like... Woo! I'm running I'm running on fumes I'm like hold on let me go through my memory file real quick because but after we're done chatting I'm like I'll be like oh how come I didn't how come I didn't say this how come I didn't you know <laughs> um but that particular director that you're speaking of that did hereditary and that did you know um what was the other one
0: Midsummer. I can't think right now what Midsummer. Was it? he did yeah. Midsummer, and uh, I don't he didn't do the lighthouse did he was that somebody else i think that was
1: somebody else i mean he's so talented uh, he's what i consider like elevated horror okay um so there are directors that they just take a story and they just it's like elevated it's like it's like art form and i think that's what you're probably uh, gravitating more towards mm, yeah yeah
0: yeah because look i I like the special effects. I've always been I've always been super appreciative of the skill that goes into making some of those effects. But like let's be honest, I feel like especially in this day and age, you can't you can't just go on one or the other. Like you have to have a little bit of some both. Because there are some really talented art like artists, directors, makeup effects. Like you can't really just go on one alone anymore like you used to because i feel like that used to be back in the day like you know when we were younger i remember the first time i saw dead alive uh and people were like oh my god you've never seen makeup effects and stuff like this before it's like well the barrier's kind of been done so i mean other than just throwing more and more buckets of slop all over the screen like that's kind of a one trick sort of a thing unless you're gonna punch it up with something like the art like you have to temper that right
1: yeah. But I guess I feel like people should just do their own thing. And like when I'm doing my stuff, I'm not really concerned if it's going to be liked or not. I'm doing it for like, for me. And if people like it, that's, that's great. But if, if I don't, then, you know, that comes with the territory of, of like filmmaking, but my advice to anyone is do your own thing, find your own style and, just because you don't have a huge budget doesn't mean that you have to try to keep up with pro pro production. You know what I mean?
0: Like, yeah. I mean, you, you, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to like, it's like weightlifting or running or anything. The only competition is you.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And so in, in terms of the, in terms of the sequences that you've done, is there anything in particular that you feel like you were like, wow, we really did that really well.
1: Well, anytime I finish a project, because I'm going to be honest, it's, it's hard work. It's, there's nothing easy about it. It's brutal. It's grew. It's grew. Yeah. Um, until you're in it. And that's why until a person directs a film or, you know, they're in it as well. Like everyone is entitled to their opinion and you have to have tough skin. Um, So you just can't, I like for me, I don't really care about other people's judgment or opinions. I'm like, well, what have you directed? What have you created? Nothing. You know, like I'm not trying to be arrogant, but at the same time, it's like people are entitled to their opinion. And so you can't be offended if they don't like your work. But anytime I start and finish something, I'm proud of it because it was just a process doing it. And especially basically alone.
0: Fucking A, cheers to that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. King Dinosaur has asked, who are your biggest influences and why? And if you need a few moments to mull that over, I will go ahead and say hello to everyone who's here in the chat room. We are talking to Lady Winners from Buzzard View Manor, who is struck out and is trying some of her own horror movie production, is a great banner waiver for all things horror. Make sure you check her out on Twitter and Instagram. And thank you so much, Mama Meow, for stopping by and moderating the chat room. And again, if anyone has any questions that they would like to ask Lady Winners, make sure you drop them on there in the chat room. So there, I gave you your <laughs> I gave you your few beats to think about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you. Well, so there was this particular director, and I'm not going to, say his name because I th- he likes to stay in the shadows now so this particular director he came out with this particular film and it pissed a lot of people off I'm gonna say it was in the early to mid 2000s okay and he didn't really care what major Hollywood studios had to say about his filmmaking okay he was this cavalier and just made this extreme film i'm not saying oh yes you know i I, i'm a huge fan of this film i'm more of a fan of how he was so punk rock about what he did he didn't care Mm. okay and so he basically took one for the team and made way for people like you like elon roth with uh, what was it like Cabin in the Woods and Hostel and stuff like that. So, that this particular director, it was his film that was one of the first films that was kind of like, in our time, extreme cinema and theaters. So, I really um, respected him for that, but he did, you know, um, get a lot of shit for his film, and a lot of people didn't like him, and he didn't care, but now that he's older, he kind of just faded out and just faded into the shadows. And I've tried to get him onto my show and he's very gracious and he's you know very kind, never been nasty or rude to me, but he hasn't accepted my invitation. I don't think he ever will because I think he's just trying to just fade into the background and just be left alone. So I've always respected him for having what was a whole bunch of people just talk major shit about him and not like him because of the film right because I think that some of us misfits. we can identify what it's like not to even fit in where you think you belong. You're like, oh okay, this is this is kind of weird. And he just still did his thing. Like I said, he made way for filmmakers like um, Eli Roth. And another director that I really do respect is like um, Anthony de Blasi. He is a true indie director but i feel he also does elevated horror and a lot of his films have been overlooked but he got into filmmaking before you know social media was really big so there's a lot of films that were overlooked that he created like dread you know he Clive barker helped him make that film a lot of people don't even know that so good yeah
0: i know for um sort of in a similar line to who you're talking about richard stanley so he comes out and his first horror movies are kind of these indie horror movies and he did hardware that just sort of took a lot of people by surprise and the guy rockets up the hollywood chain and the next thing he's making these huge money blockbusters and like everybody turned on him And it went from he's the hottest thing around, everybody loves him, to get the fuck out of here. You suck. This movie's a piece of shit. You wasted our time. And the dude, yeah, has like a near nervous breakdown and just decides, I'm fucking out of here and basically disappears. Gets this old house in the woods and just sits and reads his books and just wants to be left alone. (laughs) I'll drink to that.
1: I'm right there with him. I'll drink to that. I'm okay with living in the woods away from people. <laughs> <laughs> that is my idea of paradise. Are you kidding me?
0: Hey, uh, you can go with King dinosaur and black cat who are going to, they'll find water with their stick and they will tame any Sasquatches. Uh, and so we're going to mm. have this whole compound out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Mom else we don't like people.
1: <laughs> no, I, okay. So I do, I do like good people with good souls. Right. Okay. I, I, really have. I think because since like the pandemic has happened and everyone has kind of felt this community depression that's kind of just like everywhere where anxiety's high, te- tempers are flared, right? I think we're we kind of feel that sometimes in different communities. Um just people are a little different right now and I think eventually it will kind of like even out. But Sometimes you can just feel so much static and it's like, where's all this coming from? Where's all this loudness coming from? You know, we still have to try to be decent people during all this chaos, right? So it's just people that can't get a grip of themselves that kind of get under my skin. But like I said, I'm totally fine with just living behind the gates of a manor far away from the city (laughs)
0: man if you had a house like the buzzard view Manor house i don't care i'll live in the back in a shed that's awesome (laughs) yes i appreciate Um, i appreciate a line from the talking heads where he says you're talking a lot but you're really not saying anything and i feel like most of social media becomes people just screaming at each other for the sake of screaming at each other like what are you really talking about you're not really getting to the bottom of anything you're just throwing shit at one another do what the fuck
1: but here's one thing: What if social media is just some kind of psychological examination of human behavior? You know? Oh, it like... is.
0: It's totally. It's Lord of the Flies, too, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and okay, so here, let me give you an example. Do you remember MySpace? Oh yeah. Okay. Who doesn't love Tom? Tom was my first online friend. <laughs> So do you remember how fun MySpace was? Like we could create our own page and add our own music and it was just no news, right. no politics, just like a talking yearbook, right? Like right. not basically like a talking yearbook, but we could keep track of each other and it was fun. Okay. So that was really great. And then this thing happened at the college campuses called Facebook. And then slowly people were leaving MySpace, okay, and then almost everyone was gone from MySpace, but if you went back to MySpace, there were people that still had MySpace accounts, you're like, oh, ew, I wouldn't associate with these people, like, who are these people? I feel like all those people now, it kind of just exploded on social media, it's like, oh, y'all all came from MySpace, hello.
0: Well, and it's funny, it's called MySpace, there's nothing about facebook that advertised that being your space at all yeah it's not not. Um, not. you know mom meow says i used to pay to get create myspace profiles for people to get them all decorated yeah and that was like the 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 good and bad about myspace too right is they eventually had real bad hacking problems and all sorts of stuff i mean but that was like that was i feel like that that beginning of the title wave before the internet became a money thing and now it's all yeah. google ad dollars and bullshit you know it used to be a little more i don't know maybe in some ways it used to be almost more like horror right it used to be look people were doing it for the the, the fun and the connection and then once the money players get involved they want to push all that shit out of there and it's no you're just going to play the way we want you to play cuz we we want to make all the the money and fuck you so
1: So let me ask you a question now. How do you feel, or what is your opinion? What do you think is going to happen to the theaters? Are they still going to be booming, or are we seeing the theaters die out?
0: I think, I don't think they're going to go away. I think, and I would hope that what's going to happen, though, is some of those complexes that showed 80 bazillion movies at all hours of the day, at 90 million time slots, Forever and ever and ever. I think some of them are gonna downsize back into the smaller art art house theaters like we used to have, which yeah. I I would say arguably was a better experience anyway. You know, you had the people who went there because they were really interested in seeing the movie. Like I like look I I get it. You have kids, you want to take them to see some cartoons and stuff, and that's fine. But like, on the same token, if you really want to go see a really good quality movie and you're in there. And nobody's really paying attention. They're throwing shit around, doing whatever. Oh, like, it's not the yeah. same. Like in 18 bazillion. Like I liked going to Londi's Londi asks theater equals cinema. Yes. Um, you know, we used to have this old theater around here. It was called the Roseville and, it, and and they used to joke and call it the Roachville. Cause it was kind of beat up. It's kind of run down, but God, it had that charm to it. And when you walked in there to watch a movie and the like it, it sucked you in. And and it's not like that in the new theaters anymore, right? So I don't think they're going to die and go away. I think they will just change. Like a lot of stuff changes because that right. aspect of going and watching that together, like it's a it's there's nothing else that replicates that, right?
1: Well, so in my first segment, Midnight Cinema Hour, I um it's at this theater. And I just wanted to show viewers the kind of theaters that I went to as a kid growing up. Um, I went to the old theaters that were made like in the 20s. Nice. And so there were two of them or, you know in the city that I lived. And my sister used to work the concession stand. And <laughs> she was in high school. She was like 10 years older than me. And I'd be like, can I go visit Erica at the theater? And Beetlejuice would be playing, okay? So my mom would just drop me off at a matinee. My sister would be the only one at the concession stand. And it was one theater, just beautiful, like, you know, just, just majestic looking. And so she would just drop me off. And I, she, my sister would give me some popcorn and some candy and a drink. And I'd watch Beetlejuice three or four times. And then my Aww. mom would come get me. So, yeah. And so with my segment, the theater that I filmed at, my brother used to work there in high school. And so, I just wanted to give viewers a sense of the love of the old theater, you know, if they never got to experience that or see films in theaters like that, how beautiful they were. It was magic. So, yeah, they were just they were built with magic. They were just built with love.
0: The, so. the, that quiet sense, you know, they used to be because that was the other thing. You'd go into this Roseville show and there was like the front vestibule where you paid for your ticket and then you went through sort of this curtain to the back and it was quieter up front. Now, granted, there were a couple old arcade games, but there weren't a bazillion people running around screaming everywhere because it was a smaller, more intimate thing. Right. And then when you went to the back, the concert, like it was those classic old school theaters. And I just hope and think that there's going to be more of those that come back rather than these bazillion plex uh, sort of things. Um King Dinosaur says that they still have one in Washington called the Capitol Theater. And then Black Cat pipes in and says, I saw a secret sneak preview of the blood on Satan's claw on a real old theater. What a great night. Oh, that would have been fantastic. Oh yeah.
1: Most definitely.
0: Yeah. We've got the Redville. We've got the, uh, no, the Redford theater around here. Uh, sadly, I think the Royal Oak, Maine, I think shut down during, uh, COVID. They, just weren't having it so that was closed. And that was that really sort of broke my heart because I remember seeing Bruce Campbell talk there. He came and did I think a double feature. They did uh when Bubba Hotep came out and then I think they played one of the Evil Dead movies and he was there answering questions. Like that experience, right? Like you're not gonna right. get that the AMC Forum eighty seven where it's this is fucking not going to happen. Like you, so I think to answer your question, no, I don't think they'll go away. I think they just have to change a little bit you know uh, maybe get back to basics
1: i feel that there's a possibility that um, film festivals will be the next big thing for people to go buy tickets and view um unseen films almost like you know how back in high school how it was so cool to go to the record shops
0: love that i miss that too that really mm-hmm. makes me that's another lost sort of thing like Oh, I just bought it on iTunes. Yeah. I used to like to walk around. You would pick through them, you'd go, Oh shit, I didn't know they had a new album. Wow. Like. Londi is waved, by the way. Uh Londi, all the way from the UK. Uh, also Thermites all the way. Thermite, where are you from? You're from you're from Sweden, right? <laughs> I ask that every time. <laughs> um so Normally, normally around the halfway mark, we take a break, but we're not going to do that because uh, we have a guest. So King Dinosaur is asked, would you do live appearances in theaters like that with your films?
1: Yeah, I mean, like at a festival or like at a screening, but I I don't think that any of my films are ever going to be that huge to... Premiere ad, but yeah, I would in a
0: heartbeat. Well, you never, you never know. And the reason why I say that is because, uh, for example, you know, you have the the um, uh, there was just a recent science fiction convention on writing, and it was sort of a smaller, more intimate affair. And you had people there who were self-publishing their own books, who were looking for advice on how to publish and edit and all sorts of stuff. And again, I feel like something like that. Were eventually with movies. All right. Hey, we're going to show a selection of movies and people are going to talk about it and then talk about how they made it. What a lot of fun, right? You could go to something like that and spend an afternoon there, see several films, talk with people, network, create, like it's getting that back into the, the real space, right? Like if you really want to put your money where your mouth is, you want to do this stuff, like you've got to go get in it. Like, so just go like, you can't just sit on Twitter and talk about it. You have to go actually yeah. do it.
1: <laughs> Back to the basics. I mean, that's that's what influenced me. And I feel like I'm a broken record when I say this, but I'll go ahead and tell you. And I've said this many, many times, so I do apologize if anyone's heard this before. But growing up um, in the 90s, the teenagers, like the older teenagers, I mean, film was a big a big deal because, you know, um, Quentin Tarantino and his films and stuff like that. So these teenagers would just get together and they would just do their own films and get their friends and they would just make films that like, that is the era that I grew up in. And so I didn't get to go off and do this and that life happened. I didn't go to, I didn't get to, you know, pursue film or anything. So, here I am. I'm like, you know, um, I grew up around that. I grew up around artistic people. I grew up around people who just did. So I was like, but I never lost the mentality of just creating your own stuff. Right. So that's just me taking it back to the basics of the way it was in the early nineties.
0: So given all of the talk about movies and horror, let's talk about some real life experienced horror. So do you have anything that you've seen or experienced that was either pseudo supernatural or otherwise terrifying beyond, Oh shit, I forgot to pay the water bill.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I have a couple stories. Um, I'm not sure. Who's heard what, but um
0: Treat everyone here as having heard nothing because we got a, a okay. whole bunch of people in the chat room. So whatever you have to tell, they'll be happy.
1: Okay, so I won't take up a whole lot of the time because I want to hear your story. I've waited a whole damn year for this story, <laughs> so we're gonna get it. Woo! Okay. <laughs> okay, so there was this one time that my um I went my husband just came out of like boot camp. And he was stationed up in Tinker. It's Oklahoma City. So we <laughs> were separated at the time. And we were working things out. And so I went up to go visit him. And he had this townhouse. And it was during the time when all that 9-11 stuff happened. And they were put on like 12-hour shifts, right? So or was it 12 or 16-hour shifts? I can't remember. But Um, I went, you know, up there to go visit him. And in the middle of the night, he had to go to duty. Cause like I said, like I said, I can't remember if it was 12 or 16 hour shifts. So I'm laying in bed by myself and this is like a two story condo and I'm just passed out and I hear like these boots, like his combat boots coming up the stairs and my, my uh, back is facing towards the door. So I hear the door open up, close. I can hear mm. him taking off his gear. I feel him sitting down on the bed, just taking off his boots and everything. I feel the blankets go up. I feel him go down. I feel the movement in the bed. And then I reached over to touch him, and that bed was empty. And I jumped up so fast. <laughs> I jumped up so fast. I put on every light. I mean, I was so afraid. I almost took off back to Texas, you know. So it, it scared me. I put on every light, and I just went downstairs, and I just put the TV on, and I just wait for him to, you know, get off his shift. But, I mean, that scared the hell out of me. And then there was this other time that I was giving my daughter, she was probably, I don't know, maybe a couple of months old. I was giving her a bath and I saw my husband walk in, walk behind me and go into the walk-in closet. And there was a shelf that was built into the walk-in closet and I used to put towels there and I said, Hey honey, do you mind handing me a towel? And the water's going and I don't hear an answer. I said, honey, can you please hand me a towel? I look up. That closet is empty. And I'm like, I look around and then I hear the back door open. And he comes in and I call his name. He's like, yeah. I'm like, can you come here? He said, what? Because, you know, I was obviously shook. And I said, I just saw you walk in and behind me. Oh. He's like, are you okay? I was like if it wasn't you, I said, death just passed me. He's like, I don't want to hear your shit. I don't want to hear your superstitious stuff. I said, no, I'm being serious. I said, I saw you in the flesh walk in and behind me, I thought you were getting something from the closet. Cause we had a huge walk-in closet. And so he's like, I don't want to hear it. I was like, whatever. And then the next day, his cousin who was the same age as my husband They looked exactly alike was um stabbed to death in a bathroom in california
0: holy shit
1: yeah so those were pretty like really the only things that really stood out in my mind
0: that's like when you when you see or you experience something like that you're just like what the fuck do i do (laughs)
1: Well, I think what it is is that when things occur, they happen unexpectedly. Like you're not looking for it. Okay. It's almost like, think about going to the grocery store and running. Like when you think of someone, Oh, I wonder how that person's doing. And then you run into them the next day. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, you don't go looking for things like that. It just happens when you least expect it.
0: So, um, I, I had a period of time where I was living with my father. It was just me and my dad in his house. And I was probably 23 ish at the time, 22, 23. And I got a massive infection in one of my teeth and it got worse and worse. And it was excruciatingly painful. Um, I had a really bad year that year. I had a lot of illness. Uh, I had some surgeries and stuff. Was just, I was really wrecked up. And so I get this issue with my tooth and they're like, well, we can see you on Monday. So you just got to try to ride it out over the weekend. We'll give you a prescription for some painkillers, try the best you can. And so on a Friday night, dad goes to bed. I take some painkillers. I go to bed. I wake up at like I don't know, midnight or so. And my God, my face is just pounding. It hurts so bad. I'm telling you, like, it's that madness level pain where you're like, Jesus, I can barely stand it. So I take some more pain medicine and I go out into his family room and I go to sit down in this big easy chair and watch TV. So this family room is laid out where there's a big door wall. There's a fireplace. It's nice TV and the back of the house goes out and there's kind of a not like a woods, but there, it's just a nice area out there, right? So I fall asleep watching TV. And I wake up and I have that panic feel. Like something has startled me awake. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? And so I turn the TV down real low. And I'm like, well, my face isn't really bothering me as much anymore. Maybe I should just go to bed. And so just before I'm about to get out of the chair, I hear this thud on the roof. Now, I've lived in a suburban semi-wooded area my whole life, so I know what an animal sounds like when it's on the roof. This was two feet. Heavy feet, walking like a man, walks over and stops directly above where I'm sitting. And I'm sitting there for a minute, I'm like, am I, like, hallucinating? Am I awake? Like, what the fuck is that? So I'm like, I look at the fireplace, and I just get this feeling of dread, like, don't make any sound. So I turn the TV off, I'm sitting there for a minute, I'm like, I'm going to get up and creep to my bedroom. So I get up slowly out of this chair. Now, the house is almost pitch black. The only thing you can see, there's like a little light of a clock in the kitchen. Blinds and stuff are all drawn, so you can't really see outside. So I start slowly tiptoeing through this room towards the kitchen. I get about three quarters of the way there, and the footsteps follow me along the roof. So up above me, boom, 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 boom. And then as I sort of, like, get freaked out and stop, they stop right where I'm standing. And then it, like, taps. And I'm like, whatever you do, don't answer that. Don't say who's there. Don't say hello. Right. So I like, dude, it's making the hair stand up on my arms. So I go slowly walking through this kitchen. And again, I'm like, there's these windows and stuff in there. I'm like, oh my God, I just, I'm going to need to creep slowly through the house. Now they're pacing me step by step, very slowly. And it it sounded like somebody wearing boots. Now, you could say maybe hooves, but it was two feet. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a raccoon skittering around. Like, there were heavy steps. Mm-hmm. So I get near the hallway that leads to the back of the house where my room is at the end of the hall. And I'm standing there for a minute, and I break out in this cold sweat. And I remember the, this thought of you have to get to your bedroom and you have to get there right now. And so it's one of those things where like, you're tensed, like you don't want to move. And then all of a sudden, like I just about ran and I got about two to three steps down the hallway before those feet chased me. And I get into my bedroom, so I get into my bedroom, and the feet stop right at the threshold of the room in my bedroom. Like, I'm talking right at the line of the doorway. And then it starts pacing. It starts pacing back and forth along the side of my room. Like, it, whatever it is, it doesn't like the fact that, in for me, my room is my sanctuary, right? And so I go in there and I get sort of in my room, I go near the bed, I'm kind of sitting in the corner. And I'm just listening and these footsteps just keep walking slowly and then stops right near the doorway to my bedroom. And there's the distinct sound It's like that pressure sound of somebody sitting or crouching down. And it stops right there at the fucking doorway. And I sat there for probably an hour, just terrified. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? And so eventually, after about an hour or so, there's that same pressure, like that creaking on the roof of something standing up and it walks over to the edge of the house. There's the sound of like the footsteps turning back towards me for a minute, back away and then there's this heavier pressure and like a scratching sound where you would have imagined it was something jumping off the roof. And then that was it. And I think I sat there and just was terrified for hours before I eventually passed out. That still to this day, like that occasionally gives me fucking nightmares. I've never experienced anything like that before. I can't explain it. I went outside the next day. There were no animal tracks. There was no raccoon shit. Like it was not a fucking animal. I know an animal sound like I've been around for right. my whole life. I have no explanation for that. There was no way to see inside the house The all the windows and blinds and everything were covered. So unless they had some secret CAA spy drone where they could see in there, there's no way anybody would have been able to pace me inside that house. That is the freakiest shit I've ever experienced. All my, all the hair on my arms is all standing up. <laughs>
1: well, let me ask you this: Do you think it was a ghost or a demon?
0: I think it was a demon, right. um, and the reason why I think it was a demon is because doing some of the reading and research afterwards. Obviously, I was in what you would consider a vulnerable state. I was in so much pain for so long that when you're when you get in that disp- like. It's an opening, right? Like they they look for you to be down like that. and I have had a couple times since where like when I hurt my back, I got to that point where I'm like, you can't lose your morale. you have to keep your spirit up, you have to keep your strength up, you have to keep your faith up because I firmly believe there is shit out there that will get you. uh That was spooky as hell. I, I, just, I have rarely been that terrified in my life. <laughs> yeah uh black cat says i hate to say this but maybe you avoided the grim reaper it's possible
1: yeah uh,
0: alchemical dream says goddamn goat man or some shit i mean right it's <laughs>
1: you know we in the land of the living okay look this is why i tell people our our life here like no one knows or has the answers to anything okay but we're here in a garden and we're going to go through growing pains our whole life from adolescence. And when we get the emotions, right? Like when our hormones kick in and stuff like that, that's like the emotional part. And when you're growing up, like your legs aching and you're just joints because you're stretching like right. growing pains. But as we get older, you go through something a little bit more different. You're going to go through more growing pains emotionally and mentally. I've always said it's also because we're aging, we're getting closer, you know, to getting older and to um, death, but our time here is precious and we're going to be tested each and every way possible. But my advice to anyone who's listening is don't fold. You know, life can kick you in the face and people can get you down. And you can be so disappointed and a lot of really bad shit can happen to you that's out of your control. But don't let that win. Don't let that keep you in imprisonment spiritually, mentally. Fight like hell to get out to enjoy this moment here mm. while you're still alive. Um, like I've never f- feared death Um I just feel like I'm a very spiritual person anyways. Like I feel like for me, death is the beginning. Um, It's like, this is our cocoon. But even though why I'm in the cocoon, I still want to enjoy my time here because every moment that passes is gone. Right. It's the past and you can't get this time back. So like death to me is like becoming a butterfly and, just because you know what is it you can't destroy energy it just changes form right and
0: transcendence right right you're not going to know what it is until you transcend
1: but you know and to the the people who don't believe in you know um answering to a higher power where well this is you know what i have to say to you is that's fine and i totally respect that but even let's just say if you're right if if I'm going to go back out into the universe, I don't want to go into the black hole. I want to be like a star. Like I want to be part of the, the positive energy, right. you know? Yeah. I don't want to be in the void.
0: Yeah. I'd rather be, I'd rather be look as for as much as I love horror movies and wearing dark clothes and everything else, I'd rather be part of the gold light than the black.
1: Yeah. But you know what? The reason why we do like the dark stuff, while we're living is because I think we wear our wounds are the things that we've been through and it's like the darkness doesn't necessarily mean it's bad because there's beauty in the darkness there's healing in the darkness you know what i mean
0: i'm also a very sweaty man so wearing a lot of light colored clothes (laughs) doesn't really work
1: (laughs) i love i love i you know i just there's something soothing about the good darkness not you know we're gonna go kill people kind of evil shit just right the soothing like i think the soothing darkness is like some of our friends here that chimed in, we're okay with just living in the woods by ourselves. Like the soothing darkness is totally rad. So don't ever feel bad for feeling that way.
0: (laughs) Black cat says, this is going back to sort of the um, uh, demonic sort of thing. Uh, I also think you can accidentally invite them in a thousand percent. You can accidentally invite them in. And I think what they do Like I say, I remember, I remember being standing there and whether you want to call it a guardian angel or whatever it is, it was like, whatever you do, do not say hello or ask who's there. Like, don't say a word. And like, I can't tell you how I knew any of that, but I just did. Um, and to give a little bit of background and at some point I'll tell the longer story of this, but like, I had an artery burst in my neck that year i got I was fucked up. I was really really in bad shape, and yeah, I think they wait for you to be down on one knee and that shit will come looking for you and uh you gotta keep you gotta keep your morale up keep keep the faith you know whatever that means to you right embrace the beauty don't uh you know don't hate life sort of thing um alchemical also Types uh, pipes in and says, "More advice for the supernatural. Don't fuck with Ouija boards." Yeah, no thanks. <laughs>
1: I just did a segment about it.
0: <laughs> what do you, do you Agree with that? Yeah. Um,
1: Especially so, if you don't know what you're doing. Well, I don't even want to know what I'm doing if I know what I'm doing. I'm not. I'm not tapping into the dark side. Yeah. You know? like, so, for me, I don't necessarily believe in ghost. I believe that I believe that there's demons, not ghost. Um, sure. There's energy can like, for example, we've all heard the metaphor of like, when you burn toast, you know, you, the toast can be gone, but you can still walk into a room and still smell like the burnt toast or like even when you burn popcorn, I think that because of energy, there can be like residues of negative things that happen. Um, so I'm gonna go really, really far off into left field here. Are y'all ready? Sure, do it. So I'm pr- I'm go. gonna be honest with you guys. I'm like I'm pr- I'm pretty damn straight edge, pretty hardcore. Like I have tea. My my only stimulant is really coffee. Every now and then, you know, I'll have a drink here and there. But like in the past when I was like a teenager, of course I smoked pot here and there. Who didn't, right? We all experimented here and there. But um, but. I don't really even like to be around that stuff because I'll tell you why. Um, like it drops this veil. And, I, and what I mean by veil is like, I see the world differently. Like it's, I become even more spiritual and it's scary because it's like, um, <laughs> maybe this was just a really horrible trick that was played on me. But um, my boyfriend, you know, we're probably like 19 and, we smoked some pot together or whatever. And he's like, and he kind of froze up on me and he's like, the moon was full. He's like, can you look at the moon and tell me what you see? I'm like, what are you talking about? And so I did. Do y'all want to know what I saw?
0: Oh, what was there?
1: It, I swear. And this is why I don't like to do anything. This is why I don't do anything. It just, takes me further out it looked like a demon sitting on a throne you know how we have mount rushmore and you see the engravings of like the past presidents Mm. so it (laughs) it looked i swear it looked like like this demon thing sitting on a throne looking down at his kingdom he's like what do you see i said it looks like a damn demon sitting on a throne he's like okay Uh. So we both saw this. It was just really weird. I don't know. Maybe that was some kind of psychological thing that we did, uh, you know, being stoned at the same time. I don't know. But I just don't like how it makes me more spiritual and in tune with things. I just... mm -mm.
0: Alchemical believes that ghosts exist. Uh, Says more uh, often than not, they fall into the recording type where they are just stuck on repeat. I think that's true. But I think there's also a lot... Well, maybe I don't want to say a lot, but like anything there are those that aren't right Uh, the only thing that i know is i don't know shit as a human i'm still an ape man walking around knocking around rocks like there's got to be stuff out there that still don't fucking know and understand uh alchemical has watched a faucet turn on by itself um black cat says that she's personally experienced very close contact black cat you seem like you have a very open sort of spiritual mind in that regard so that doesn't really surprise me I'm su- I, I would imagine you probably have all sorts of stories uh londy's coming in with a stoned. De- i'm not doing the stoned daddy i'll have the glasses dude i did a wrestling promo on one of these shows i'm sorry um but that's like so whether it's drugs or or pain or anything like that i think the i think the interesting phrase used was the veil And I think Mm -hmm. you can get to a point where, yeah, when you sort of pull that back, whether that's, you know, and it could even be in a certain sense, like the Ouija board stuff, that's like leaving your front door open and sort of just shouting out into the neighborhood. If anybody want to come inside, like you may say you're talking, but you don't know who's coming through the door. Like, know especially if you walk back out like you don't know who's walked around doing over there like it's kind of creepy right um I mean, you know and that's just like really it's just really bizarre in that regard you know like there's all sorts of crazy stuff out there so everybody's got their own whole well, story believe disbelieve don't but like I can't, I, I can offer no explanation. I can only say that that's what I experienced and I have no way of, you know, I have no way of knowing what that was. So, and you don't need to know
1: because curiosity kills the cat.
0: Yep. No, thanks. I just know that was something not great. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh,
0: was yeah. not great. <laughs>
1: so um, lady winners.
0: Would, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead.
1: So when we um, filmed and never play alone, that's my second segment about the Ouija board theme. Um, the next night, I just, when I was sleeping, I just felt like eerie and I could still hear the creaking of the floor when we were filming. It was just very weird. Like when I could hear it in my sleep, it was just weird.
0: <sighs> like, it's like, I I will, I will say this of all of the, of all of the stories I've heard and the things that I've seen, like, I don't believe everything that everybody tells me, but I also necessarily don't disbelieve it out of reflex either. You know, um, a chemical dream says curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought them back. Uh, Black Cat pipes in. When the veil is open, it leaves room. I have some creepy stories that are real and would honestly be too much for most people to handle. Well, if you ever want to write those in your blog or share them, uh, this would be a great month to do that. We could read them out loud. But I know, uh, Lady Winners, you have an early morning tomorrow, so I want to be respectful of your time. Is there anything else you'd like to share, shout out, promote, say, ask, uh, anything before we wrap this up?
1: Just whoever is tuning in this evening just keep staying positive and no matter what is thrown at you just keep fighting the good fight and just know that you're loved
0: oh we are the best and we all love you Mm -hmm. and i can't wait to see all the things that you create moving forward thank you so much for being a total sweetheart and for waving the black banner of horror promotion and uh keeping the art alive so thank you so much for all that so that's it everybody king dinosaur says thank you lady winners and londy says thank you miss winter lady but he says that in a (laughs) british accent but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try that because his voice is way better than mine um so that's going to be uh wait keeping positive but i'm more sour and cynical than warheads. no (laughs) what did she just say She said, be positive. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, that's a wave goodbye to everybody. As we say at the end of all these episodes, stay safe, keep the faith and all of that good shit. And we will see you again tomorrow. So let's go ahead and raid on over to someone else. Uh, let's see who's online talking, hanging out, having a good time. I know we're going to go back and say hello to laura dreaming who's playing dead by daylight i am not going to hang around in that chat i'm going to say goodbye to lady winners but uh again thank you so much everybody that stopped in and tuned in really do appreciate you taking some time out of your evenings to talk to us
1: thank you